Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spath. He's one of our elders, and this is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets, where we take some of the most exciting events and people in the Old Testament, we talk about it, yep. and we connect it. We connect it to everyday life. Well, we, we try. We try. We try. Connected every life and every and, and to Jesus as well. If you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. Um, gosh, we're going to be in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 40. Yep. And we were just talking about it, and we think we might actually do two chapters we in may, one episode. Well, I don't know if we'll get two chapters. <laughs> But I think we'll get into the next chapter, too. All right. We'll see. We'll but, like see. I, but like I said, with you and I attacking this thing, ain't no telling what we're going to do with it. <laughs> tell no telling where we might go. <laughs> we might get all chasing some rabbit somewhere. We don't know. So um, if, if you're new, if you haven't been around and this is the first episode you're catching, I just want to encourage you. This is a discussion class. So we're, we're taking the text and we're talking about it. Um, we're not sitting here getting into the Greek or getting into the Hebrew no, or any no. anything like we try. We try not to do any of that type of thing. We try to keep it very, very uh, approachable. And yeah. so... Um, where everybody can understand, sure. where everybody can kind of strive to apply it to their life. Absolutely. Because this is still, all of this is still applicable. There are things that are going to happen to this young man that are applicable to us. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Absolutely. you know, what's his, what's his reputation like? What's, is he credible? You know, I mean, that's things that we have to deal with every day. Sure. You know, that we're going to deal with every day. And, and here's a prime example of a young man who has a, has a great integrity and a very, very credible and, and we need to apply these principles to our lives, what he's doing. What is Absolutely. he doing? No matter what happens in your life. So, you know. Well, and if you remember from last week, we looked at, we started, we got into Joseph's story. And so Joseph was sold off into slavery. Mm -hmm. um, he was accused, falsely accused, and then he was moved over to prison. Mm -hmm. And so he's falsely accused of, of uh, raping a woman. Mm -hmm. And then he was escorted to jail yep. and so he's been in jail and uh there he's gonna he's gonna make some new friends yeah <laughs> this chapter he's gonna make, he's gonna some gonna make a lot of new friends <laughs> you know, well uh, by the time 41 ends yeah he'll have made well you know he, and, yeah <laughs> he, by the time we get to the end of this thing he's gonna he's gonna make a lot of new friends he's gonna have lots of friends he's gonna have lots of friends <laughs> he's gonna have lots of friends he's gonna have a lot of power too yes he is a lot of all power. right and, well, and we're assuming that there's some people watching that don't know what this story. Right. Yes. But many of the yes. people that 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 are listening, they already know what's going to happen. Well, that's right. You know, they're just they're just along for the ride and kind of chuckling with us at times. You know, look at these two knuckleheads. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go ahead and pray and then we'll get right. started. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study your word. We're so grateful for your word, Father, that that uh, that we have it to as a standard for our lives. Father, help us as we as we strive to learn from. From the, from the people that, that uh, you have written down for us and people that in our history. I pray, Father, that you help us to learn and grow. And help us have the courage, Father, to apply these things and these principles to our lives from, from what goes on in these people's lives. Thank you, Father, for, uh, for, the, for our audience and for those who will be watching and those who will be listening. Uh, I don't know. We don't know who they are. We don't know what, what issues they may have, but I pray that, that something will be said tonight that will touch someone in a very powerful way. Father, we know that you know and your hand's on this, and we and we turn that over to you. Thank you, Father, again, for allowing us to do this. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, brother, before we get into Genesis chapter 40, you know, I want to ask you, how often does God just show up and turn things upside down? Oof. How often have you seen it? Oh, I think... I told somebody this the other day. I said, sometimes you don't know God showed up 
until a long time later and you look back and say, well, there it was. There it was, and there it was, and there it was. Because you really don't see it sometimes. You, you know, from the human perspective, we don't really understand. Many many people think, well, man, boy, did I do good today? Man, I did. Man, that was awesome how that turned out. Man, I'm really talented, aren't I? And it was all, God all along. And then you get down the road a few years, and you look around and say, boy, was I, was I a chump. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't me at all. That was God right. showed up. You know, and I think even through the tough times, I think God's always there. He always is there. So I think he's showing up every day, all the time. I think things that happen and things that we say and, you know, things that happen to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the way we respond sometimes, I think the Holy Spirit is guiding us how to respond. And, and, and we look and say, wow, man, I really handled that one pretty well. And it really wasn't us at all. It was really God, you know, helping us through a situation, helping us. You know, we just talked just a minute ago about the situation in your life. And, mm. and, and we've yeah. gotten to, hey, God's going to have to fix this. Right. Because there's too many tentacles to this octopus. Yeah. There's too many direct, different directions. And this person says that's good. And this person says that's good. And that person says that's good. And really the only one that knows what's good yes. is God. Mm. And so he's going to have to show up. And he and he does it in such, such sometimes such subtle ways. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and we don't, I think a lot of times we don't even give him the credit for showing up and doing it. You know, and we, and sometimes we take credit for stuff that we didn't really do. Right. He just kind of showed up and kind of led us and guided. It's kind of like, it's it's, uh, you know, we went to the lake the other day, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's uh, there's one my my son Paul is out there and he's got he's got a little girl on his arm, you know, and 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 that little girl is I mean she's what one two, eighteen months something like that I don't know two years old maybe who's who's it was one of the foster kids oh, okay you know? yeah yeah and he's got this little girl on his hip and he's got my grandson his you know his his nephew on on his other arm and and uh, and you know those kids won't even know that maybe he helped them to not get into a dangerous situation they won't know that until many years later and they remember say I wonder who that guy was they may not even know who he was. And I think that's how God does for us sometimes. He shows up, mm. kind of guides us over here. We don't even realize that we were in a bad situation, bad place. We shouldn't have been there to begin with. We, you know, and God said, no, 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 no. Come on. I got this. I'll move you over here. Let's go over here. This is, it's safer over here. You know, I know that, that uh, Scott was doing something the other day, and I, and I called to him. I said, Scott. And Jessica heard me. And what he was doing he was squirting the guys next to us, three teenagers. He's squirting them with that water thing. Not a good idea. You know, in our culture, they not a good idea. They He was hitting them with it a couple of times, and Jessica stopped him. You know, and she didn't see him. She was doing something else. And, and so I said, hey, Scott, no. And it's kind of, you know, lead you away from getting, you know. Scott won't remember that. Yeah. You know, won't remember that in his, in his life. But I think there's a lot of things that God does in our lives that we don't remember. He shows up all the time. He's always there. We're even capable of loving our own children. I mean, the only thing, the only way we experience anything close to how he feels about us is to have our own children. And so, um, 
I think you're absolutely right. He, he We probably don't give him as much credit. He's probably showing up all the time. You know, Cole, I don't think we, I don't think we talk enough about the relationship. It's always God, God, you know. But what about him? I'm his son. Right. I'm his son. Man, I got three sons. I love, I love all three of them. They're all three different. I love my sons, you know, and, and, and he's, he's way better at this than I am. Right. He ain't never going to make them some of the mistakes I've made or that you're going to make in your life. And I think that that's why I, I'm completely confident that he, well, you take Luke chapter 12. Okay. And he said, and it's a don't worry text. Yes. And, and Jesus said, and I, when I really focused on that text was when, when we lost one of our grandsons. Mm. Okay. And, and he said, he says in there, he said, look at the birds, look at the flowers. You know, you are way more important than they are. Okay. And he said, no, you don't understand. Adding an hour to a life. For me, at that particular point, when I would have been a huge thing, I, know. I would have given anything for that hour. Yeah, and and so I look at it and say that means he's always there, he's always around, he always knows, he's doctoring me, he's he's adorning me, feeding me. You know, and and what I think what causes us to get to that point to forget maybe or to not see just how intense he is about us just how much he loves us just how much he he cares for us just how much he wants to be around us i think sometimes we forget that because of our own sin we get mm-hmm. so fixated on the on the on the breaking of yeah. the law that mm-hmm. we've we know we've done this thing wrong we've got all this guilt all this shame and we forget that's why he sent christ in the first place i'm not saying it's okay to sin don't hear what i'm not saying that's not what i'm saying but what i'm saying is god is not nearly as fixated on sin as we are yeah it doesn't mean that we can go sin don't sin Look, if you know you, if you know you're sinning, don't stop it. Yeah, you know, stop, stop doing it. Stop. And I'm not, I'm not throwing a rock. I'm looking in a mirror. Stop. You know. Yeah. Um. But we forget that our God is a God of grace. Yeah. That that's what He worked for. He didn't work to bring sin or to. He worked to get rid of it. He worked to fix the problem. Yeah. And Jesus said, He said in two different ways. I didn't come to judge the world, and I didn't come to condemn the world. He said, That's not what I came for. He said, I came to save it. That's right. That's about grace and mercy. That's right. You know, judgment and condemnation down the road. That's not That's not what well, Jesus we, came for. And we don't have a spirit of judgment or condemnation, right? Romans chapter 8, <coughs> no, verse 1. No, we don't. One. We do not. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Come on. Right? Yeah. What, what condemnation can there be now, right? It Christ, is, there is none. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Yep. It's that simple. Yep. And I think I think we forget that. I think it's easy. it's easy to forget that. It's easy to forget that. In view of my sin. It's easy to forget that in view of my failings. It's easy to forget that. And so we take those failings, we take that that issue, right? And we superimpose mm-hmm. the way we would act, right? The way we would respond to those failings, the way you might respond to those failings in a hireling or something like that, right? We take that and we superimpose it on God. But God is better than we are. He's, he's more merciful. Well, it's like, you know, we had a study this morning, and I said, "Yeah." And I said something about, you know, John chapter four, where he tells the Samaritan woman, he said, "You don't understand, God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth." It means mm-hmm. everything about worship has changed. That's what Jesus is saying. Everything about worship has changed. 
It's not about mountains. It's not about temples. It's changed. I can. We are worshiping God here, now, right now, with all of us, all of us together. We're in a in a state of worship right now, studying God's word. That's worship. Yeah. Uh, you know, and 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 you know, of course, you know, we're going to get off track here, but but <laughs> but you know, and that's exactly what I said would happen, didn't I? You know. But, you know, I mean, you know, well, I think Joseph has a real handle on this. It's going to apply. Mm-hmm. It's going to apply mm-hmm. because where is God showing up in this? And he does. He shows up in this chapter. Yes. Does Joseph know it? Does he see it? I don't know. It doesn't say. The text doesn't say. The text doesn't come right out and say, and see, this is how God showed up. And Joseph recognized God showed up. I think what, doesn't do that. what we need to do is we need to look at the integrity and the, and the, and the focus of this young man and say, can I apply some of these principles to my own life? Well, and to remember that God is always with us. God was with him here in this moment. God's been with him the whole time. We yeah. looked at the chapter last week, and we looked at how God was with him every step of the way, even while he was being condemned as an yeah. innocent. And so in 40, it's it's going to work that way. But let's let's jump into it. So we're in okay. Genesis chapter 40, verse 1. Um, sometime later, so we're not told how much time. Uh, we know that the Lord was with Joseph because, as as I mentioned in 39, it says it three or four times in that mm-hmm, text. Mm-hmm. The Lord's with him, Lord's with him, Lord's with him. And you got to be thinking, golly gee, if I'm having this this bad of luck and the Lord's with me. But if we forget that the Lord being with us and us being blessed by the Lord, those don't necessarily translate to positive conditions in my life, right? So the Lord blessed Joseph while he was in prison. The Lord uplifted him while he was in prison. So just because I'm in a hard situation doesn't mean that the Lord isn't blessing me or isn't there or isn't taking care of me. And at some point, you get to chapter 50, Mm -hmm. and he says, when he's talking to his brothers, and he says, you intended it for bad. Right. But God intended it for good. He got to to save many lives. You know? It's amazing how God— He's getting ready to bring the the people of Israel out out of bondage. It's going to take a long time, but that's what it was about. Yes. You know? Well, and... And at some point, Joseph figures that out. It's even it's even more broader. I mean, he's he's working his plan, a plan that is going to end in the save, saving of all mankind. Yes. So it's it's really awesome. It's really awesome. It anyway, is. so we're, we'll get there. We're, we're okay. getting excited. So Genesis chapter 40, verse 1. Sometime later, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their master, the king of Egypt. It's not good to offend a king. No. It's not no. a good idea. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. So what? So let me real quick explain what a chief cupbearer would do. A, a chief cupbearer in, <coughs> in Pharaoh's kingdom would have been like a, a, the drink taster. Yeah. He would have handed Pharaoh the cup. Okay, He would have been a very trusted servant, number one. He would have been a very, mm-hmm. a very, very highly placed servant, a lot of trust. He would have been the one that handed the king his cup to make sure that nobody's poisoning the cup. And he would have tasted the cup too. To make sure that, you know, if somebody did get something in, this guy died and not the king. Think about what it must have been like to live in that state of uneasiness all the time. To be in that state of chaos all the time in your mind as a Pharaoh. You know? Well, and, and I don't know I don't know if that was necessarily the case. It could have been. So a lot of people, a lot of historians have talked about when all of this took place. So so understand, church, the question is not if it took place. It did. The question is when it took place there's so much evidence for both this this story in genesis and the exodus there's so much evidence for it that the historians have a have a really hard time figuring out if it happened here or it happened over here 
because the evidence just fits both times so, so well. So again, the and the archaeological evidence fits that. So again, it's not a question of if it happened, it's a question of when it happened. Mm -hmm. And so in this time, I, I'm thinking of a couple of different time periods the historians have this pegged for. It could have been a very tumultuous time. It could have been. Mm -hmm. Certainly, it could have been a very tumultuous mm -hmm. time. Um, I'm thinking about when, when Moses was around too. That could have been a very tumultuous. So it really just depends. So you're absolutely right. This could have been, and, and these could have guys, been horrible. These, these leaders could have been, uh, you know, very suspicious of everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, and so they'd have to oh, have yeah. someone right close to them they trusted. Right. And this guy's life's expendable. I'll find another guy I trust. If they poison me, he going to die. I'm not. He going to die because he going to taste it. You know, that's, that's who these guys are. That's who this chief cup, chief cup bearer and this chief baker, that's who they are. He's now, responsible. Now, the chief baker is a little bit more self-explanatory. Mm -hmm. Okay, this was the guy who was overseeing Pharaoh's kitchens, yeah. right? That's who this guy would have been, right? Okay, so moving on. So Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cup bearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. God showed up. Yeah, doesn't seem like it yet. But, doesn't seem like it. But he did. And, you know, I say he showed up as if he was gone at some point. But again, I point out verse 23, the warden paid no attention. This is in chapter 39. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him, gave him success in whatever he did. So, you know, I'm saying he showed up. I'm using that metaphorically. God's always been there. Mm -hmm. He's never departed. Joseph's been in prison the whole time and God's been with him the whole time. Yeah. We forget that. Jesus promised us. He said, "Teach them everything to obey. Everything. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age." Mm -hmm. He's with us. He's we with have his the Holy people. Spirit living with us. It's what He promised us when we when we when we come to Him in obedience. He promised the indwelling of the Spirit. If you have been baptized into Christ, He is never far from you. Never. No. No. It's important to remember. And put them in custody. So the chief baker, they put them in custody, assigned them to Joseph in verse 4. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph, and Joseph attended them. After they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream. The same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. In verse 6, when Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house. You know, it's repeated that like three times. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting, mm -hmm. very repetitive. Anyway, um, why do you look so sad today? So why are you why are you downfalling? Why is your why are you uh, why is your countenance downfalling? In verse eight, we both had dreams. They answered, but there's no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, "Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams." That's that's it's very interesting. It's very interesting. I like that Joseph immediately recognizes that he's not the he's not the coolest kid on the block, right? It's not his interpretation; it's God's interpretation. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty important. What does he remember from a long time ago? What was he doing before? He was telling his brothers what got him in trouble. Those dreams, yeah. The dreams he was well, telling. the favoritism of his father, and then but, the dreams. But he was having dreams, and his dreams were that he was going to be ruler over his brothers. When I wonder if we should take this and go back and backtrack a little bit to those chapters where he was in Joseph was giving the interpretation. Joseph just said all these interpretations belong to God. So was God telling them this all along? No, I think so. I think absolutely. I think that's the case, right? I think that's what we've been talking about. You know, the question you asked me and everything. God's always been there. Do we recognize it? Joseph obviously recognizes it. 
even though I'm in jail, even though it's been bad from a worldly perspective, it's been bad. It's really not bad because God's here. I don't know what he's got planned, Mm -hmm. you know, but I know that when human beings get involved in my life, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen? Bad stuff's going to happen. That's right. That's what's always happened. You know, his brothers. Yes. Yeah. He got to Potiphar, Potiphar's wife. Now the prison guard put these two guys in, and when these two mm. guys get out, what's going to happen? One of them's going to turn on him, not going to do what he said. So mm. the only one he has to, to rely on. Have you been there? Where it seemed like yeah. everybody in your life has has done you wrong, has never stepped up and done what they said they were going to do. God will not do that to you. Mm. He said, if you belong to me, if you're mine, I will not do that. I will not abandon you. He said, he said that, about the new covenant, he said, I will not only forgive your sins, I will forget them. Mm-hmm. So, and then in Romans 8, he says, there's now therefore no condemnation. That means I've been found not guilty. By who? By you? You found me not guilty? <laughs> yeah. No, not not guilty. You found me innocent. innocent. That means right, I didn't yeah. do it. You know, that's what no condemnation means. It means I didn't do it. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to have hard times. No. Because, no. you know, I'd like to point out in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, I go to this a lot, but with Paul, he says, you know, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. Is God going to put you in places that are far beyond your ability to endure? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, look, he's not going to tempt us beyond what we can. There's always a way of escape in temptation. This text is not talking about temptation. He's, no. We are not. In the, if you are in the church, you are not in a position where temptation can overcome you. You have to give in to it. Mm-hmm. If, for it to succeed, you have to give in to it. Yeah. But this is talking about, look at this, and we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. <laughs> we thought we were going to die. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. Well, I think what he's saying, we despaired well, of life. We, we'd, had, we'd had enough. Look at verse 9, though. Mm-hmm. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But why did this happen? He says, this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. God's going to break you, brothers and sisters. He's going to break you. He's going to break you so that you rely on him. Let me ask you something. You think your kids have ever felt like you're trying to break them? Oh, absolutely. Guarantee you. <laughs> Do they understand? Yeah. Uh, no, not yet. Not yet. They will. Eventually. They will. Eventually. One they will. day. Hope, yeah. Lord willing. Yeah. I mean, we talk to them about it. We don't just, you know put them in that situation and then don't eventually talk about it. We do talk about it. Um, but you know, that it's far beyond their ability to understand. Mm-hmm. Just like sometimes it's far beyond our ability to understand. Do they understand you love them? Yes. Oh yeah. Why? They know that. Because you tell them, tell them all the time, you know, so they're going to connect the two at some point. Sure. It's the ones that get punished all the time and, and they don't know that, that, that you love them. You don't tell them, they don't tell them enough. And, they, they can't connect it sometimes. Well, and it's also important to understand, too, you know, when we look at this this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 8, it doesn't stand alone. God is also a God of peace, and he wants to give us peace. He wants to give us these things. But my, my point is that there are going to be troubles. This is not outside of God to allow troubles to come, Absolutely. to allow troubles to affect us. Absolutely. And the whole point, his whole goal in those troubles— he may not bring the trouble. He may not. He may allow the trouble to happen. But what he wants the trouble to do is to refine us, to refine our faith, to refine our dependence on him. Then, then you know, then we really need to hear this because we get so down and so dejected sure. and so depressed and so, you know, I mean, it's pessimistic. Well, I mean, and look at Joseph. In jail for a crime he didn't commit. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he has the ability to interpret dreams in mm-hmm. those cultures. You know, God has blessed him with this. He recognizes where it comes from, but he has that ability. And in those cultures, they would have been, he would have been considered a diviner. He would have been considered a, a, you know, up and coming wise man. The position he could have had in these cultures is one who is capable of interpreting dreams. I mean, look at Daniel, go read the book of Daniel. This guy had dreams and could interpret dreams. And now again, all of the interpretations came from God, but he was a wise man. He was considered a wise man in the kingdom, had power and authority. Those guys always were elevated to a status. Sure. A high status when because because of yeah. because of God. Not because of himself, because of God. Well Joseph's gonna get elevated just like Daniel. Joseph did. will eventually, yes, but right now <coughs> he was a slave. What's worse than a slave? A prisoner? Now yeah. he's a prisoner? You know, I mean, it's 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 easy to get down. It's it's very when you're going through the refiner's fire, it's not a pleasant experience. No, it's not. But it's we not. have to remember as Christians that God is still in control. Yeah. He's still in, even when I'm in the press and being squeezed, even when I am in that fire. Now, not all of following him is always going to be that way. But when it is, we can't despair and turn our back on him. We've got to stay faithful. It can get very difficult. It can. I It can. And I, you know, I've been through, you know, we've talked about, you know, some of the things that I've been through. And they're not nearly some of the things you've been through. Mm-hmm. But God knows each of us. Mm-hmm. And he knows, he knows his children. He mm-hmm. knows what we can handle and what we can't. He knows what's going to draw us closer, what's going to push us away. He knows all these mm-hmm. things. And so we have to trust him. We have to yeah. look to him and have faith that he is working. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so important. So yeah. important. But Joseph obviously does. He says, you know, in verse 8, then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God, so tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Jesus, uh, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> rather, excuse me, told Joseph his dream. He said to him, in my dream, I saw a vine in front of me. And on the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup, and put the cup in his hand. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews, and even here I have done nothing to deserve being put in a dungeon. Does faith in God mean that you don't act wisely? No. 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 We've seen this time and time again. Mm -hmm. It is okay. We can have faith and trust in God and still choose to say, hey, you know, I shouldn't be here. Please get me out. Yeah. Please remember me. That's okay. But while you're there, Nobody's going to, going to deny that this is a young man of great integrity and great faith, and he's got great focus. That's right. And that's, that's a lesson that we need to learn today because I've seen too many times when me and other people, when the times get really hard, we get angry and we get bitter mm. and we get downcast and we get depressed. And there, there's no room for that in God's sure. family. There should, can't be because if I truly believe that God is there, and God is working in my life, then I've got, I've got to trust that he's doing the best for me and what I'm going through. And sometimes I need people to tell me that. Well, you know, and, and remind and me. Look at some of the things going on in our culture today, yeah. our nation today, our society today. And how often do we see Christians maybe get bent out of shape because they're like, this isn't okay. Well, we know it's, it's a nation. It's, it's evil. It's not a good thing. It's, it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. 
You know, it has authority and power from God, but it misuses that power and authority all the time. We know it, God knows it, and he's going to deal with it. He, he's going to deal with it. It's not, you know, it, I go back to Acts chapter one all the time, Acts chapter one. And they're like, oh, is it now that you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Yeah. And it, what does he say? Oh yeah. Let me explain to you in great detail, God's epic plan that he's going to do over the next 5,000 years. Is that what he says? No. He says, Hey, it ain't your job. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It ain't your yeah. job. Don't yeah. worry about it. You've yeah. got a job. Yeah. You're going to go be my witnesses. Not, not your, any of your business. Not any of your business. Not in your business. So it's not our business either. It's not it's any not. business, any of our business, what God's going to do with the with the sinfulness and the evilness out there. He's you know what take my care job is? My job is, is sitting in front of the guy that we sat in front of this morning. That's right. And trying to teach him the truth. That's right. We got another one on Wednesday night. That's right. You know, before this comes out, we will have sat down with another couple. Our job is to get them into a healthy, vibrant, you know, godly place in their relationship. That's right. That's our job. Yeah, our, our job, church if you're watching this, is to preach and teach the gospel. That's absolutely right. And if you're sitting out there thinking to yourself, well, Cole, I can't, I can't talk, and uh, uh, then live it. Live. Then live the gospel. Live the gospel. That's Do exactly not right. be the person who is terrified because president so-and-so said this, or, or this person didn't win this, or that person didn't that. <laughs> Do not be the person that goes, oh, well, it's all going downhill now. What, where is, who sits on the throne? Do you forget this? Yeah. Holy moly. Yep. Have some hope. He said, he tells us in another text, he said, live a life worthy of the gospel. That's right. That's right. Gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, and we're supposed to live a life worthy of that. The gospel is the coming of the kingdom of God. Absolutely. The death, burial, and resurrection are absolutely part of it. But he it is the coming of the kingdom. And in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, he said, I have been given all authority under heaven and earth. So what authority does he lack? And why in the world are we bent out of shape because somebody won or lost an election? Yeah. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, people have been winning and losing elections in this country for 200 years. And both parties have steered us into the dirt. So what do you think new is going to happen? If your yeah. guy wins? Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Who's, 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 yeah. who's it? We, we, we lose sight of what's important. That's right. And we Satan, do. Satan is, is tickled to death. That's right. When we lose sight of what's, what's really important. What's important? Spreading the gospel. Teaching the truth. God is working stuff out. He's working stuff out with Joseph. He's working stuff out in our lives. He's working stuff out in the lives of the people all over this nation, all over this world. We've got to trust that he knows what he's doing. You had a study today, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. with someone who found us on one of these things, Yes, right? yes, yes. That's what we're trying to do here. That's, That's right. what this church is trying to do. Yes. You know, this church supports what we're doing. Yes. And it... and helps fund all of that. And so, you know, that that's, I mean, this, I mean, you don't get this for free. These things aren't free. No. You know I mean? So, but this church is, is, is actively involved in that and wanting to do that. And you have an opportunity to partner with us. You know, I forgot, I totally forgot. I was trying to remember that last little bit. <laughs> now, now I remember what it is. And if you, if you enjoy these classes, if you enjoy this ministry, Hey, you know, you can help support it. You yeah. can join with us. You can partner with us. And it is a partnership. That's you are right. storing up for yourself treasures in heaven when you give to this ministry. We will use that money to do exactly what we're doing here, spread the gospel, I, to teach the gospel. And, and I hope you guys understand. Y'all know we're not over here touting this stuff to try to get your money out of your pocket. No. Well, that's not what we're doing. It's an opportunity for you for to partner, you to with, partner us. with us. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, that's the way it is. Look, in, in, in the book of Philippians, he goes over it in detail. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. We've talked about it. Yeah. Y'all know. 
So let's get back to this. So in, you know, it it's awesome. You know, he he immediately can give this interpretation. God has blessed him. He acts in faith and in wisdom, asking this mm-hmm. gentleman, "Hey, remember me." There's nothing wrong with what he did here. If you sit back and do nothing, remember that is a choice. It is a choice. It is a choice to say. I have faith God's going to show up and do things. And <coughs> understand sometimes that's testing God. Mm-hmm. If God has not directly promised you, hey, I'm going to show up and this is what I'm going to do and this is how it's going to be, then to a certain extent, you could be testing God by folding your hands and saying, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. God, If God wants it, he's going to have to show up and do it. Mm-hmm. Got to be very careful, very careful with that attitude. So I understand where people where people will say, sometimes we just need to be patient and wait for God. And that's absolutely true. But understand that that's a decision you are making to do. <coughs> and sometimes acting wisely requires us to send, our, send, send the servants with gifts first up the road. Sometimes it means reaching out to this cupbearer and saying, hey, this, you're going to be restored to Pharaoh. Please remember me. Yeah. Please remember me. Yeah. Okay, keep going. So in verse 16, when the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation... Hey, hey, he gave him good news. Yeah. How often? Give me some too. Is, isn't this like what the stock market is based off of, basically? Isn't, this, isn't that basically what the stock market is? <laughs> hey, hey, it's working for him. Now yeah. I got to put money in, right? All right. We're going to see how quickly that didn't turn out for him. Yeah, it's not. So when the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream on my head. And I got to stop. I'm sorry. Real quick, guys. I'm not a money guy. I'm not a money guru. Don't, I'm just joking about the stock market thing. I don't know how any of that stuff works, okay? So don't please, please don't be like, well, this preacher said, my yeah. goodness, it's no. just a joke. I was being facetious. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. So don't quote me on that. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given a favorable interpretation, he said to Joseph, I too had a dream. On my head were three baskets of bread. In the top basket were all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is what it means, Joseph said. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift your head and impale your body on a pole, and the birds will eat away your flesh. Not exactly what he had in mind. Um... Probably not. I, I can. Yeah, that's probably not. I wouldn't want to hear that either. No, I don't think I'd want to no. hear that. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's that doesn't that's not good news. That's that's really bad news. So we know that in three days. All is going to happen. Well, <coughs> that's the test. <coughs> mm-hmm. Now they're all sitting back. I could imagine the, the baker, you know, when Joseph says this, the baker go. Yeah, I don't know anything. You, you don't know what you're talking about. Now, all of a sudden, get upset and right. My bet didn't pay off. Anyway, so verse 20. Now the third day was Pharaoh's birthday, and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that that he once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he impaled the chief baker, just just as Joseph said to him his interpretation. So when it says he lifted up the heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, for the chief baker, that was literal. Yeah. He literally lifted the head off that one. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. The chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. And that's the way it always goes. You know, you know, it's I think in this situation it's easy to say where was God? Where was God in all this? Mm-hmm. You know, if we forget chapter 39 for a second where it's like he's with him, he's with him, he's with him, he's mm-hmm. with him, we forget. Mm-hmm. You know, we can look at that situation and go he's in prison. You know, he's, these guys got out before he did, you know, and he's been wrongfully accused. Where's God? Where's God in all this? Uh, It's easy to say that. 
it's easy to look at that, but it's it's important to remember that God has his hand in it even now. Mm-hmm. These officials, he's moving into a position, he's going to do something. He's going to build off of this. Yeah, the official may have forgotten him for now. But God didn't. But God didn't. No, but it's, but it, how, how disconcerting mm-hmm. can it be to you when, when people let you down? Mm. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. When you, you, when your expectation of people, if you put your hope in people, you are going to be disappointed at some point. Yeah. If you put your yeah. hope and trust in me at some point, I'm going to disappoint you. Yeah. That's hey, just the way it is. It works. That works for me too. I, yeah, absolutely. I will disappoint you, know, you. Hey, it, you know, I mean, I'm going to forget to do something. Yep. I'm going to do something different than what I said I would do because I'm 70 years old and I forget what I said before yeah. and. You know, going to change an event on a calendar and not tell the guy who does the calendar. That happened today, didn't yeah, it? It did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my wife told me two or three days ago, we need to we need to not do this. So, and, and now it's already gone out on the calendar. Second thing I've got to fix on the calendar. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you got to fix that on the calendar. Yeah. And, you know, and I let him down. You know, so <laughs> if you depend on me to be perfect, that's not going to happen. Right. And it's just not. But when we depend on God, and I'm, I'm really amazed at Joseph. Because it just doesn't le- look like he gets all... Because we get frustrated. I've seen people walk away from God. I've seen people walk away from the mm. church because some guy or some woman said something, did something, didn't do something, didn't say something or whatever. And they get all bent out of shape. Some guy from the pulpit. You know, how dare you say that? You know, I remember a sermon I did one time. And a, and a sweet little old lady walked up to me and challenged me on a day on whether it was three days or four days. And I'm going, you're kidding, right? I didn't say that to her. She was just as sweet as she could be. But I'm thinking, did you hear anything I said except that? You know, and I've seen people get all upset. I've talked to people that quit going to church years and years before because somebody said something derogatory to them and they took offense, took it personal, and said, I'm done, and walked away. Sure. How in the world do you walk away from God because one of his one of his children or one of his supposed children says something negative to you? How many times during the day do your children say something negative to each other? <laughs> to each other? <laughs> I'm just saying. It's about a thousand times during lunch. You see what I mean? <laughs> during lunch. We are just like your family. Stop talking. We're <laughs> going to say something negative and something derogatory, and we get all bent out of shape. At what point is it going to be okay for one of your kids to walk away from the family because of it? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. You see? No. Well, no. It, how come it's okay for us to walk away from the family? Well, it's not. It's not okay. It's not okay that the comment is made. It's not okay that um, that, that the comment is taken the way it is. It's not okay. I mean, we're hurt people. But, but why Broken is it hurt people? But because we don't see the family the same way. That we should see it. Joseph has a handle on this. Well, I, I mean, I would say that we're we're too full on on ourselves. Right. That's really what it is. At the end of the, I mean, look, if I if I, you know, let's take for example this whole calendar issue, right? You're you're washed in the blood. Christ died for you. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to treat you that way. Mm-hmm. If you were, if God thought enough of you for Christ to shed His blood for you, then maybe I should think of enough of you not to get bent out of shape when you don't tell me about something on the calendar. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the the attitude I take towards, I try to take towards pretty much everything. I try not to get upset or let people, you know, and we've talked about this before. I've had people say some really nasty things and I just, I, I, okay, I'm sorry you feel that way. 
You know, I'm very quick to say, you know what? I'm sorry. You're right. We should, that shouldn't have happened. Or we shouldn't have done that. You know, I, I, I try to be as, I try to be a peacemaker. It's tough. It, it can be. It can be It can tough. be. You know? Living in a family with a whole bunch of different personalities is hard. I think the important thing, though, is just like Joseph here is, is you know, hey, act wisely, but remember who's in charge. Mm-hmm. And he does every step of the way throughout you this know, entire story. The, we, we've the seen guy's that. not going to come back around for two years. I know. Two years. He's going to sit in that prison with a guy out there that knows he's innocent, knows he didn't do anything, knows he has the ability, and he's not going to say a word until it benefits him. You know, isn't that the way of it? Isn't that the way it works? Yeah. Until they get benefited, because this cupbearer is good. It's going to benefit him because he's going to have, oh, wait a minute. I know about a guy. Yeah. Oh, I know the guy. Yeah. I know that guy. Let me tell you, Pharaoh, let me tell you about this guy. I know. I know this guy. Yeah. He does the thing. Yeah. You need that thing. Yeah. And and so for two years, he didn't think about it. (laughs) Well, I think Joseph gets him back a little bit. If that's what went down. Yeah. You know, probably. (laughs) But, you know, the the point is here is I'm, I'm so impressed with Joseph and his character. Yes. Yes. And how he how he approaches life. Yes. You know, we don't have any evidence anywhere that I'm, I'm sure that Joseph got frustrated. I'm sure he got upset. I'm sure he did. Well, but like Abraham, right? You know, Romans in Romans chapter four, Paul points out that Abraham never doubted. Mm-hmm. We went and looked at that chapter. Yeah. I would call that doubt. You would call that doubt. Anybody, mm-hmm. anybody. He's laughing and he even says, how in the world is this supposed to happen? When my wife's 100 years old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But God says, no, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he says, okay. You know, I would look at that as, no, he doubted. Mm-hmm. God doesn't look at it that way. No. And so, you know, and it, and it really comes back again to just how awesome and powerful and mighty his grace is. We're so fixated on the problem or the sin or the whatever. How many times have you talked to somebody and they're like, I'm going through this because I sinned? Right? Mm-hmm. Some huge calamitous event. I'm going through this because I sinned. Stop. You don't know that. Maybe you could be right. Sure. Sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me, sometimes we suffer because we sinned. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. But not all the time. Not all the time. Yeah. Sometimes we suffer because somebody else sinned. And we don't know that. We don't. We just don't know. And, it, and you know what? At the end of the day, I look at it and I, I say this. What? Do you think because you... You suffered a little bit for that sin. Let's say you're suffering because of that sin. What do you think now you're forgiven? Mm-hmm. What do you think now it's taken care of because you suffered for it? Mm-hmm. Let me ask you. Because you paid a price? What What do we know? What do we know? Christ is on his throne. We know that, that God is our father. That's right. And he's adopted us as his sons if we've been washed by the blood. That's right. We know that's fact. We know that, yeah. How all the other works, we don't have any idea. We got examples sure. and kind of some some kind of insight, but we don't know how he does on a just like your four kids. You got four of them, right? Yes. And they don't know what's going on. No. They know when they wake <laughs> up in the morning, what do they know? Mama and daddy are still in charge. Right? They know that. But they don't know oh, yeah. how all the ins and outs work. They don't have a clue. They're not smart enough to know. Mm-mm. Well, neither am I. <laughs> I don't know how it works. What I know when I wake up in the morning, God's still in charge. That's right. And I need to say, thank you, God, for being in charge. That's right. Thank you, God, for being there, for, for greeting me when I woke up this morning. Thank you. Even, and, in, the, even in the hard times. And, and I don't know how this day's going to go. Even when you get sold into slavery, even when you get put into prison for something you didn't mm-hmm. do, 
even when the entire world turns their back you, on you. You know what we need to remember is when the people close to us, when they do something stupid or they do something that we look at and say, mm, you know, we need to remember that uh, that God's still in charge. That's right. You know, uh, you know, when one of our children does something that, you know, need to remember our responsibility as parents is to do whatever sure. we're supposed to do, but to remember that we're still that we're still a uh, we're a part of God's family. If you're not, mm. you can fix that. Yeah. You know, we we try to teach the gospel to you. We try to teach about the death, burial, and resurrection. We we put it in here all the time. You have to be washed by the blood. Jesus said, "He that believes and is baptized will be saved." What he said, I didn't say it. He said it. You know, every example you find in the in the in that book of Acts always had had a. a a conversion process where they were, had to be obedient to, to what was going on in that at that period of time. You know, same for us. You know, we have to be in a right relationship with God. We have to be obedient to what God tells us to do. Absolutely. Not what we can't pick and choose the verses. Can't pick one over here and one over here and say, okay, you see, there it is. We have to take we have to take them all together. That's right. And see what it says. And you know, I'm I'm I make that offer to you. Yeah. You know, you can you can be in a right relationship with God. Absolutely. All you have to do is be obedient. Call us. We'll talk you through it. Cole's got had has had a couple of studies over the phone. Yep. You know, doesn't make any difference where you are. We'll talk you through it. We'll help you. We'll find people. We'll study the book. I, I I found somebody for a guy in Houston. You know, Jesus said, "It's my word that's going to judge you." That's exactly right. It's not what your mom said it is. It's not what your grandma said it is. It's not what the priest may yep. say it is. It's not what anybody else says. He said, "My word." My word. Yeah. If I'm going to stand before God, mm-hmm. might want to know what his word has to say. There's a there's a verse. Let me see if I can find it. <clears throat> I want to see if I can find it. It's a verse in Romans chapter 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, because I have had people that I studied with said, Old Testament's not important. Don't need to live by it. Don't need to study it. Don't need to do anything with it. Because it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't have any application to us today. And Romans chapter 15 really? and verse 4 says, For everything written that was written in the past was written to teach us. Okay? So that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. That's right. What we're doing is trying to trying Amen. to navigate through this so that we can be encouraged and have hope. God is alive. God is well. And if and if we stay focused on him, he will work it out in the end. Simple as that. Joseph is a prime example. Here's how God works. Abraham, Jacob. These are guys that are flawed. These are jo, Jacob, Joseph is a flawed individual. He was an arrogant little little guy at, when he was when he was younger. You know, I think I think prison and all that stuff's taken some of the starch out of him <laughs> a little bit. But you know, he his brothers didn't sell him. You know, needless. I mean, they. I mean, they had. They didn't like him. Yeah, they didn't like him. That's for sure. They didn't like him at all. You know, so I don't think he probably enamored himself to them at all. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed the study, guys. I hope you did. We, you know, we we try to to make it light and make it entertaining and make it as as understandable as we can. I hope you did enjoy it. Uh, let us know. We'd like to know if you're watching and if you liked it and if you enjoyed. Okay, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we've had to study about Joseph. We're not through with him yet. Uh, there's a lot more left to come, and we'll see a lot more 
of, uh, of his integrity and his character and, and how we can apply some of that to our own lives. Father, we're thankful. We're thankful for you and for your presence in our lives. We know, learning from this, that you are there and that you're always there. And we thank you for that, Father. We, we ask that you help us to understand that and help us to live that way. Live like we understand that you're alive and well and there with us and always have our best interest at heart. Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us. And it's in the name of your son we pray. Amen.